Welcome to the 3880 podcast. I am joined today by Scott Berg, who's the regional director of the Mountain State Region of Young Life, and Ben Toole, who's the area director in the Kanawha Valley. Guys, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Good to be here. Thank you. So just a quick icebreaker as we get started. Um, what has been, Scott, your go-to activity during the last seven weeks? So right now, as we're recording this, we are in quarantine with the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So I always like to find out what people are doing uh, with their time. I guess uh, in, the, in the morning, I, I like to get outside and work out and run or do something just to get outside and feel a little bit free and put some good content in my ears, whether that's a sermon or the scripture or an interesting podcast. So I try and try and fuel up a little bit in the morning and keep my sanity that way. And then one thing that's been very rich for my family is at the, at the end of the day at dinner, and that's a fortunate benefit. We have a more consistent dinner time and I'm not on the road much. And so we go through the book of common prayer uh, each night at dinner. And that's just been a great tool to engage my family and time with Jesus and the scripture and prayer. Nice. Ben, how about you? Um, I, I take it a little more easy in the morning, <laughs> but I, <laughs> for myself, I take a, I try to do a little two mile walk around the neighborhood just to get out, um, listen to some podcasts, um, some sermons here and there. Um, and then, you know, the biggest thing, again, like Berg said, you know, we're, man, we're so out there with people and now we can't be, and, and it's actually given us a gift to be with our, our family. So I've been doing a lot. Every night we decide, are we going to watch a movie or mm -hmm. play a game? Um, and, yep. and that's every night. Um, even if I have a zoom Bible study or something, um, and with that is super, super rare. And so that's been really kind of a, an amazing thing, um, as we get into it and, competing and <laughs> uh, and I'm 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 enclosed in these walls with an extreme extrovert child and an extreme introvert so it's fun to watch this class so. yeah I'll bet um, and I should add my, my oldest daughter Emma uh, is a Marvel fan so we've been working our way through the MCU set of, of movies in order we're, we're not through it yet but that's been another little tradition yeah, we developed we're doing the same thing we're down to the second we're down to um I, I made a huge color printout put it by the tv and we're checking them off we're we just watched the second thor so i think the next one is the captain america something soldier and then the guardians of the galaxy so yeah we're working our way through the list and you're doing them in order right is that what you're yeah, saying yeah well we're doing them in order of like what we're what you're sort of the marvel guys out yeah, there right. saying, hey, walk yeah. them in this order so so if you wanted to ask me so we have uh similar dinner times have been nice we we um we cook a meal together uh usually twice a week now which was never happened before um but the big thing for us has been um uno we have played three different versions yes. of uno uno attack uno uh flip and dose which is the new uno game called dose um, yeah, we have all three as well. And yeah, and so right now we're at about sixty-three games, and we're keeping score. Um, <laughs> and my Marley, who is nine, is currently in the lead with twenty-eight wins. So wow, we call it the we called it the Corona Uno tournament. It's been ongoing, and we finish when you know whenever I guess we're done with all this. So 
It's been fun. Um, well, guys, thanks for thanks for taking time today. Um, Young Life's an organization that's near and dear to my heart, and and I've known the two of you for for quite some time now. Um, and I was introduced to to this organization actually through one of Ben's banquets, invited by Dave Bishop, Dave and Michelle Bishop, um, back in probably maybe in the late '90s. I'm not sure when that was. Um, ended up going to to Africa and experiencing what camp was like uh, in another country and then came back really just kind of changed the, the whole trajectory of trajectory of my life. So um, I know a lot about the organization, but I'd like to ask you guys maybe to, to share with those who might be listening, who is Young Life? What's it all about? And you know, what, what are we doing here in West Virginia? Scott, if you want to start and Ben, you can chime in. Sure. So the simplest way to define Young Life probably is by the mission statement, which is introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. And it's our effort in West Virginia to at least offer the tool of Young Life to each county and then therefore each community and, um, and, and have a chance to fulfill that vision really in that mission statement. Ben, you've yeah, been doing maybe. this for... Yeah, you've been doing this for a long time. Tell me a little bit about your your the reason that you're involved with this organization. Yeah, I mean, Berg and I sort of came on the same time as volunteers. We're roughly the same age. Um, I was leading as a college kid in Morgantown, and he was at John Marshall High School, and uh, pretty neat that we're now here we are years later, like 25 plus years later uh, on staff together. And uh, but like like Berg said, you know, the mission statement is is what really I mean it it there there aren't a lot of organizations that could say hey literally we look at our mission statement every day and that's what we do and and that's that's us and it hasn't changed since the beginning of of Young Life um, back in the 40s you know and so the only thing we we say here and that I've said for the last maybe 10 years is how do you do that mission statement? You know, like introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. How do you do that? And what we've said to make it simple is just go be with Jesus on a personal level and then go be with kids. Uh, and that's it. And, and there's not that we don't say anything else like there. Are, yeah. Well, there's club, there's campaigners and we can get into that, those things. And there's camp and all that but we we just say go be with jesus and then go be with kids uh that's what jesus did and we're we just sort of follow that model um and that that's how i was kind of introduced to young life it's like i remember going to my first club from my brother who didn't know jesus at all i don't think he could spell it really i mean we grew up in a church but he took me to my first club and i young life club and uh, I was blown away. I, I thought it was ridiculous and dumb until at the end of the meeting and the, the guy opened the scripture and everybody in that room was listening. And I, I, I was absolutely blown away. And I remember, I'll never forget. And that was the fall or that was the May of 1995. I know that for sure. Wow. And I said to that guy, how did you do that? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I said, I know the kids that were in that room and, and they were listening. How did you do that? And he started telling me about Young Life and basically he was saying, I go be with them. I earn the right to be heard. And then we just run this once a week and I get to tell them why I go. And so I, I've been doing that since basically May of 95, you know, so that's a that's a great um, that's a great why behind the what Scott. I'd be curious to know what your you know what why have you dedicated the better better part of your life to to this mission this organization? What was kind of that path for you? Yeah, 
I think it's funny. My, my story, like Ben said, kind of parallels him being a college student in West Virginia. I'm not originally from West Virginia. I grew up in Ohio and came to West Liberty State College and kind of got dragged, I think, by uh, God's providence into young life as a leader. And it was a stretch for me. I was really shy. And here I am in this highly relational ministry. But I think God kind of called me into it because I, it was unnatural. I could not do that on my own strength. And um, here's a funny little tiny memory. But, you know, I walked into the college bookstore as a freshman and there was like this antique like road map kind of atlas of West Virginia. It had a county on every page. It was black and white. And it was a special atlas because it advertised that it included all the roads, even dirt roads. So as a 17 year old college freshman, I bought this book. It was the only one in there. It was like turning yellow. I had probably been there for years. No college student wants that book, but it kind of enthralled me this idea of sort of exploring these faraway places. And I, I just loved the outdoors. And so I think that was kind of in me and I didn't even know it. And then I have this great tool of young life. And a few years later, after going on staff, I one time said sort of sheepishly, you know, my, my greatest like joy and excitement in life would be if I could ever have the chance to sort of wriggle around all those roads in West Virginia and, and help develop young life. And I, at that time I said that, uh, without much confidence. I mean, I, I had no idea if I could even do this, if I'd even last on, on Young Life staff, you know. And so today, that's my job. It's an, it's an unbelievable blessing. And I, I still feel overwhelmed and kind of intimidated by that, uh, inadequate really. But again, maybe maybe the purpose in that is that that's, I can't do that on my own. It's, it's gotta be God's strength. So we're just kind of stacking hands and trying to be faithful to really uh, get, get around the state to every county and, and try and reach kids with the gospel. You have a, a pretty unique story that you've told me before about how you ended up in West Virginia. Is there, is there like a short version of that, that, that you can, you can share? Um, sure. So at first when Ben and I came on Young Life staff at the same time, there was one <laughs> opening in West Virginia back then it was in Bridgeport and uh, gosh, I wanted to stay in West Virginia so badly, but um, uh, Ben beat me out for that job. So uh, <laughs> sent me back up to Ohio and, you know, I always, there was always a latent connection to West Virginia. Ben and I did many assignments together in that era and the roots grew deeply and I wanted to return, but that, that time in Ohio lasted about 11 years. But then there was this great idea that people had about, trying to apply some best practices to grow Young Life, sort of the startup branch of Young Life. And that came from a national level. So a particular man had been uh, uh, the director of small town Young Life in the United States. He had a lot of experience over more than a decade. He was kind of a walking, um, a walking experiment in this thing. And, and somebody sort of assessed all that we had learned, put it into some best practices and West Virginia became the perfect place to launch those best practices. So we prayed and even fasted some for about a year and thought about the state. And I'm still in Ohio, Ben's in West Virginia. There are a few of us thinking and praying this way. And so um, one thing led to another, but it became apparent that if one person could be that circuit rider, sort of trying to start things up in the state, that, that might be um, a catalyst to this whole thing. And so I came down at that point and it was, I don't know. I, I, I would compare myself to maybe a test pilot back then, you know, a, 
a good test pilot has to know how to fly, but they're also expendable. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, that was that era and God provided in crazy ways. And, you know, there's a lot of times uh, outside of God's goodness, you know, this, we wouldn't be here, but uh, by his grace, some things have actually grown uh, in West Virginia that way. That's great. <clears throat> Certainly a step of faith. I know that. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the bank to bank strategy that, uh, that the mountain state region has. Ben, why don't you take that one? Well, I mean, what, what we, I, I, I believe it was Berg, <laughs> but we, we had just been meeting as a region and uh, thinking through this, but, um, the bank to bank is sort of an analogy, uh, where, and I remember doing this as a kid, a small kid, uh, we would go with my dad and sane minnows you know and, and creek beds and uh, i remember he would have one side and me and my brother would have the other and we would go bank to bank literally and just put the net down and grab all these minnows i still remember that big white bucket with the vent on top and we'd dump them in there and and that's sort of our philosophy so in other words we would like to be bank to bank in every county um, that's not to say there's not other good ministry going on or whatever in these counties but we decided to just start looking at it and go what if we were bank to bank in every county. In other words, every kid um, would, would have to go through us somehow. So if in Clay County, there's one high school and maybe one middle school, and we were in the middle school, then we would technically be bank to bank in that county. Mm -hmm. um, right. So that, that's the simplest way to, to describe it. And, you know, I was in Morgantown for a while, and we eventually became bank to bank in Mon, Marion, and Taylor County. We were in all the high schools, and we finally even got to, um, you know, Trinity Christian School. There's kids going through that. So we were in every school. Um, so we were technically bank to bank uh, there. So I think that's sort of the best way to explain it. And and to tell you the truth, that, that that's exciting. When I first came on staff, kind of like Berg, with the map, I remember when I, I didn't know that he was wanting the Bridgeport job, by the way, <laughs> I would have said he was way more qualified than me, but um, I remember going on staff in Bridgeport and I put this huge, and I had maybe the, it, just the, the roadmap that you get at, you know, the random McDowell and McNally thing. And I put it on my office, which was just my house in Bridgeport. I, I was single. And I remember putting little needles like those map pins where young life was. And I mean, there were like five or six pins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where we were at the time. And I just remember that, that era that was, you know, 99, you know, thinking, boy, what would it be like to be in every County? What would it be like to be in every, in my thought at the time, what would it be like to be in every high school? And since then, of course, we've moved into middle schools and young life college and Capernaum young life for disabilities, um, you know, young lives, uh, teen moms and uh, uh, tons of other stuff. But at the time I thought, what would that be like? And what sort of came out of that uh, down the road when I, when we first started thinking through this bank to bank, man, I was, I was pretty pumped and excited. And so that's, that's really kind of what our vision is for the whole state is just bank to bank in every County. So is that, pretty much Berg you can add or whatever. So that's great. I think you nailed it. The idea is basically that every kid who matriculates through schools in West Virginia at least has a chance to get caught up in the net, the net of young life. 
And, um, and we have seen some great growth. I think now we're in 109 schools in West Virginia with, and we even leaked over the Ohio River in some places where there are bridges yeah. into uh, Lawrence County and Belmont County. So there's a couple counties in Ohio that come under our purview. So we're seeing that and uh, there's some in queue. I mean, right now we've got great, great people just kind of busting at the seams, ready to start Young Life in Preston County, in Logan County. We have some very interesting momentum in the little town and school of Pawpaw in Morgan County. So there's a lot of things there. We had some, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we had to cancel some interest meetings in uh, Tyler County and uh, Powhatan Point, again, just across the river in Ohio. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot there. It's kind of snowballing, and that, that's a really good thing for us. Is there, and you mentioned a few statistics there, just to kind of, um, think through that bank to bank strategy. And, I, and I've seen, we, we, I can continue to see the map get updated at, at some of our regional meetings, um, which is just fantastic to watch the growth. Um, are there stats that you're tracking right now to say this is how many kids we think we're impacting or reaching? Yeah, I'm not great with numbers. It's weird. I, I, I see the picture <laughs> and I see the map and I see colors, but I can give you a few. A few. So right now we are reaching approximately 12,000 adolescents in West Virginia. That's the kind of number of, of kids that we have a relationship with and know by name. Um, you know, we were slated to take uh, about a thousand, the number was a thousand twenty-one. We had a thousand twenty-one camp reservations for, for high school camping this summer. We have approximately 450 uh, volunteers in the form of committee people and, and volunteer missionary young life leaders. We have about 30 four people on the payroll. Most of them are part-time. That's maybe worth a mention that a lot of people, really talented, wonderful, amazing people that love Jesus, have sacrificially opted to um, be, be part of the Young Life mission in, in hard-to-fund places. So the fact that we have the majority of our paid staff on part-time is not an indicator of the quality of those people they're great. They're just going to places where it's a big sacrifice and maybe they get a small yeah. stipend and they make ends meet some other way through tent making. So those are a few quick numbers around the state on the impact. I think we're in 30 counties right now. That, that counts two counties in Ohio. So the slight majority of West Virginia counties have a young, at least a young life presence somewhere. That's great. What are some, switching gears a little bit, what are some common so you're working with kids and obviously we want adults and parents to be involved in that. And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but what are some questions or maybe even misconceptions that you guys um, get asked most often about the organization or about the, the approach that we have? I mean, I could take that a little bit. I, I think a lot, some of the questions I get, um, they're always wondering, you know, if, if we are a church, um, like, Hey, what church do you work? for. Um, and, uh, I guess for a long time, I used to say, well, we're, you know, we're not, a, we're not the church, which we're, we're not, we're not a church. Uh, and then, so what, what are you, church are you affiliated with? Um, and so those are kind of hard to answer because you don't want to say, well, we're, we don't, we don't want anything to do with the church because we absolutely do. Um, all of our staff go to churches, we're involved in churches, um, but we're not involved with one, single church. Um, and a lot of times it's like some people say, well, we're a parachurch, you know, an arm, but I mean, really, I don't even know if that's a great 
way to explain it, but that, and, and Berg might, Berg's definitely dealt with way more of that with all these kind of startups and places where literally people have never heard of Young Life mm-hmm. um, at all. And so I think the biggest thing that we do with the church is a lot of times we go in and we get, we just offer Young Life. We don't come in and start doing Young Life. We're like, hey, here's what we do. Um, like, for instance, there's a church around here in Charleston, and they, like, it doesn't make sense to, like, hey, let's do Young Life. It's like, hey, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing amazing things with kids. What if you want to use summer camp? You We can hand that to you. Um, and so a lot of times we're doing that. So I don't know if that's a, a, a great answer, but I know that's a, a big question. Yeah, yeah. And I don't get that as much. And I think maybe, I don't know if that's because, man, more and more people are just, less churched. I mean, when, when Young Life started in the 40s, basically, it was because the founder was like, man, you know, kids just aren't involved in church anymore. I mean, that's right. what he said in the 40s, you know. And so, you know, a big reason. And and again, our target is really the kids that um, may, may not step foot in a church. And so, um, and and again, that that's sort of where we go and what we what we think about. Uh, there's a lot of great churches doing a lot of great things, um, and that's when we think of our bank to bank thing. If we think about man, Clay County, like listen, man, there's a couple of churches that are killing it, doing this, that, and the other. We we kind of would just step into that situation and go, hey, can we help at all? Like, can we offer you anything? Like, just keep on cranking, and maybe all we do is say, hey, we'll just keep praying. We'll pray for you guys and. Um, if you want to, you know, talk about maybe using a camp or, or whatever. So I, I don't know, that's evolved a little bit. I don't know, Berg, if you can speak on it, because I, but I know that that is a big kind of thing that people are concerned about church. What affiliation are you with? How does that work? And really what I always say is we, I want to repopulate the pews. I want to get kids back into the church. You know, I want right. to, because that's the, the back end of our mission statement we think about it is we introduce kids to Jesus, introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. I mean, if you think about it, we have these kids until they're 18. I mean, we, we need them to be a part of a church body so that they can grow. And so I'm always looking. And I, I think the best, the best model I've seen is there's some youth guys and some churches doing stuff. I mean, I invited my stuff and I, I always tell kids, Hey, at the end of camp, anybody who raise your hand, if you go to church and you know, I look around and, hey, if you don't have your hand up, go to church with any of your friends, you know, check it out. And so we want to push kids and families into the church. I think the, the biggest, and I've seen, here's where I've seen this the best in wildlife, our middle school ministry. You know, we, I had a kid go to camp, start coming to wildlife with his buddy, and um, he decides to meet, he decides to come to know Christ. He says, I'm in, I want to a relationship with Jesus. And then again, I said, Hey, raise your hand if you go to church and his buddy goes, Hey, come to church with me. And then all of a sudden his parents start coming, checking it out. Um, and they become Christians sitting in church. Uh, they become on the committee They They love what young life's doing. And this kid's long out of college and working now, but I mean that, that I've seen that a lot happen as well. So that's a, a good, a good thing in, in what we're doing. So I don't know if you have anything else, Berg. That's that's one thing I thought of right off the bat. So, yeah, maybe if just a couple of colorful things that could help explain that. We we have a a lot of organizations have vision statements, mission statements. We've mentioned ours. We also adopted a prayer statement here for Young Life in West Virginia, 
And it's straight out of the scripture. It says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. That's the word for word line out of the Bible. We just tagged on the prepositional phrase in West Virginia. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored in West Virginia. And there's an embedded intentionality in that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't say pray for Young Life exclusively and only. It says for the word of the Lord and it would speed ahead. And so that's our prayer in a macro scale and we recognize that we're just one little tiny niche of the kingdom, one little piece of the pie in that thing. So it is our hope to participate and um, cooperate with other people to reach West Virginia. Um, I, I think a metaphor maybe that's helpful is sometimes we say Young Life's the doormat. If we're outside the church working with people who are outside the church and they meet Jesus and kind of wipe their feet off and, you know, become cleaned up by way of the gospel and hopefully their next step is into the church. So that's our trajectory for sure. And I'll, I'll leave you with just a couple statistics. Barna did a really interesting study recently on Young Life and um, concluded that about 4.9 million Americans have had a pass through with Young Life. Of that group, 27% uh, were not just in church, but were actually in a, some form of a leadership role in church. I, I thought that was a really high number. And oh, 6%. Yeah, 6% of pastors today had, had a pass through with Young Life. So in the longitudinal study, we are seeing that. Sometimes in the very near term, you just see this kid and you wonder, you know, it, they're engaged with Young Life, but, but what's that mean in the long run? And I think some of those stats bear it out. You've got a lot of alumni um, come on Young Life staff. That's one track. Some are volunteers, some are committee, but a lot of them have engaged in business in the marketplace, and they're following Christ as salt and light in the world that way. A lot of them um, have gone to seminary or are beginning to enroll in seminary. Some do a dual nature thing where they're partly with a church and partly with Young Life. So we actually are trying very hard to, to live that kingdom vision out. Party 880 will come right back for this after this short break. Friday 880 will come right back for this short break. After the short break. One more time. Friday 880 will come back for the short break. After the short break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the the selfless nature of of the organization has been what I have. I think that's what's been most refreshing to me, and and I I've experienced that with Mountain State Region for sure because I've been involved with it, um, and I'm I've been involved with a few other outside the U.S. and it seems like that general idea of doing whatever we can to be a part of the, of moving people through into the church into into a relationship with Christ has been one of the most encouraging things and being willing to do whatever to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So thinking about um, recent events, Young Life is a relational ministry. It's face to face. It's meeting with kids. It's going to schools. It's going to games and all that stuff has come to a, a screeching halt over the last seven weeks. Um, you guys doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're getting a little cabin fever, but uh, we're doing, we're still meeting with kids. It's unique. Um, so 
Yeah, explain that a little bit. What What's happening? What are the challenges that have been created and how are you guys addressing those? Well, I, I would say on a local level here um, and, and throughout the state, um, what we're doing is we're using Zoom, Zoom meetings. I've uh, heard of it. I've not used it before. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of what we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> it, what I would like to say about it, I guess, is it's not really the best. Um, it's not what we're, we signed up to do. I mean, the funny thing yeah, is, is like from the very beginning of the semester, I told my leaders, I, here's what I, I want you to do two things this year. And I, I don't care about anything. I don't care about how many kids you take to fall weekend. I don't care about summer camp or club or which is our outreach, you know, meeting or campaigners, which is our Bible study. I want you to do two things, go be with Jesus and go be with kids. Um, and then it's like, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Um, so, you know, what I think has been unique though, is that we have earned the right in such a way with lots of kids because we've been out there getting to know them. We're in the school. I go to lunch all the time at GW high school. And, um, so we just decided, you know what? Um, I use the analogy of, uh, when I was selling my house in Morgantown, I was trying to get the foundation looked at. There was some water coming in and this, this girl comes in and she says, uh, um, well, Hey, I can fix this. I I can fix this crack, but water's going to come in no matter what. I'm like, Really? She goes, oh yeah, water, it'll just find a way. No matter, no matter what you, I mean, you're in a West Virginia basement. I'm like, hmm. And I told my leaders, I said, let's be like water. Like they said, we can't be with kids. So what? We can still do this mission. So we've done a lot of Zoom calls. We do a weekly Zoom call with a Bible study and there's, we've had up to 20 kids on there. We can split them up into rooms with leaders and uh, again, it's not what we do, um, but it, we're doing everything we can. And we're going through the book of Philippians, just like we would normally. Um, and, you know, and then we do our, our outreach thing is we've actually offered to the whole state as we do every other week. We do a trivia night. Uh, one week we had 56 teams from all over the place. Um, wow. It, it, we didn't really manage that very well. It was like a two and a half hour trivia night. But, <laughs> but again, and, and we do a talk in there. Um, and we, we use every opportunity to, to just still tell folks, hey, this is why we do what we do. And the cool thing for that is we've been able to reach out to some parents. And I think in some ways, regardless of when all this kind of changes back to hopefully normal, I bet we'll do a tribute night here and there because parents tune in and we get the we get to have the floor with them. It's harder and harder, I think, to get adults out to things even like you mentioned earlier banquets it's just hard for them to sacrifice that but it's like hey just stay in your living room tune in uh and so that you know we we could see maybe a change in that so we've just been doing everything digitally it's not great it is what it is we facetime a lot with kids and but we're staying connected so yeah scott what's that look like on the regional level for you i know we were talking before uh, before the show that uh, you're you average about forty thousand miles a year on your car and you've got zero right now so what's that looking like for you <laughs> it's a, i guess a lot of preparation and strategy and scenarios and what ifs so we're doing our best but uh you know we're kind of waiting so i think it's forced us deeper into jesus to try and be content with that at the, at the time. We have made a couple of good discoveries. I mean, Ben mentioned uh, kind of a breakthrough with some of these trivia nights. And by the way, Ben, that was mostly kind of a Charleston area people, but this is kind of cool. Like 
Um, other very uh, low populated rural areas can't pull that off. They just don't have enough internet access or people. So Ben invited in some of our, you know, rural young life areas. And uh, do you want to mention who, who won your trivia night? <laughs> yeah, the guy, the uh, fellows um, from Pocahontas County. <laughs> nice. Took, took the trivia night uh, and they, they, they whipped everybody. So it wasn't even close. Yeah. Yeah. I still have not given them their prize yet. I I know the I know their staff guy, so I he he's he's after me. So yeah. is that the Dave Moore crew? That is the David Moore crew. Yes. Yeah. How, why am I not surprised he found a way to win? <laughs> hey, he's a smart cat, man. <laughs> but you know, I, mentioning David, I think one thing he's been doing, and this was just a great way, and it demonstrates maybe um, the ability to just sort of adapt to your people, your circumstances, and your challenges. It's like Ben's basement analogy, water finds a way to get in. Uh, David has made it a goal to take kids fishing and catch a trout in all, all eight, I think it is, rivers um, in Pocahontas County. So that's something he can do safely. You know, they can show up at the yeah. river and they're outside and they stay apart. So, you know, in one county, a guy's going trout fishing and trying to kind of have a bucket list of checking off every river. Another county a larger number of people are sitting around a computer and they have better connectivity and Wi-Fi. Another little uh, serendipitous discovery we made was with Young Lives in Parkersburg. I think Young Lives is one of our most challenging niche missions. That's our mission to teenage moms. There's a lot of extra obstacles. There's babies and logistics and, you know, transportation and feeding and babysitting and uh, so those same things make it hard for a teenage mom to plug in to a normal Young Life Club. So sometimes we go the extra mile to serve them specifically. There's still obstacles and barriers to entry. Well, you know, we had had a few girls engaged uh, and Young Lives is new, j just kind of about a year old in Parkersburg. But when we did the first Zoom meeting, there were 12, 12 teen moms showed up. So that was a little bit of a light bulb going off saying, you know, we need to probably incorporate something like that moving forward. So we made a few good, I think, discoveries. But at the end of the day, you know, all of these circumstances, all the sociology, all the articles you read on brain science, they just point to the, the, the Imago Dei. They point to the underlying beginning theological fact that people are made in God's image. And one aspect of that is desiring con to connect to each other and, and having a need to connect to God. And um, the best thing we can do is offer that connectivity somehow. We do it as best we can through distance or in Huntington, Bradley, Bucklad, jog around the neighborhood. And they specifically take different routes and go by people's houses and text them, hey, we're coming by. And they'll, you know, someone comes out on the porch and they have a conversation from the curb and they jog to the next place. That's, that's the Imago Dei alive and undeniable in people. And the more we can, it's just reiterated that. Our, not that we need it, the Bible's right, but it's just sort of exciting when your life experiences just mesh and, and affirm the deepest theology that we know. And I think it fuels us and compels us to love people and go on, even after this pandemic, because it's, it's what they need. They, they want to be connected. And ultimately, whether they can articulate it or not, and want to be connected to the God who made them and, and loves them. So, so I, that, that kind of excites us to deliver that very connection as best we can, incorporate some things we've learned from the pandemic, but get, get back to filling that gap once we're done.
Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's great. That, I mean, the crisis yeah, that, that, breeds that's innovation. Stuff, man. That's, that's what, yeah. that's really, it is amazing that people are discovering that, you know, and I think on a leadership level, uh, somebody sent me a quote saying, you know, when fishermen can't go to sea, they mend their nets. And it's like, hmm. man, you know, on a leadership level, on a staff level, I mean, you know, there are people right now that right now this, this isn't really time off. They're working like crazy triple and over time. I mean, all the, you know, our first responders, all that stuff. But for us as, as a staff guy, um, you know, instead of sitting back on this stinks, I can't go be with kids, which I've said a lot. Cause it's like, man, I, I drive by the empty baseball field. I live right by the high school. I'm like, this stinks, man. I really want to be out there with kids, but it's like, man, what, what if we take the time to, cause then sometimes I'm, I think I'm sitting around doing nothing. It's like, well, Hey, f you're a fisherman, you know, you've been called to go fish for men. You know, as the scripture says, this is the time to mend your nets, whether it's, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. So there's a, that was a neat quote that someone sent me. I thought, man, that's good. I'm going to share that with our leaders, you know, this, this coming Sunday. So anyway, I, th I thought that was a pretty neat quote to, to put out there as well. So. Yeah. Are there kind of wrapping up the, this, the challenge side of things, but are there, are there outside of coronavirus and, and the pandemic, are there other challenges that you guys see as being prevalent that, um, that you wish you had a solution for from a, either that either from a local area perspective or from a regional perspective. Yeah, and if no, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I think one thing we've said from the outset is we'd love to keep our army intact. You know, the, that 400 some volunteers and our 30 some staff people and just basically the team and keep the, keep the pieces on the chessboard. So far, so good. That's been hard. People have slipped a little financially, but um, you know that that's that's one concern and challenge is we we've done a lot with a little here. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah. We've um, resources sometimes feel thin in terms of people and also finances. So it's already thin. It's already stretched uh, pretty wide. So uh, people like Ben are amazing. They, they supervise and do a lot more uh, than a lot of people in similar jobs. So we've adapted to sort of thin resources, but that doesn't give us a lot of margin <laughs> when some of those, those dry up. So we're mitigating some of those challenges. I, uh, it, so far, so good. I don't know if we can last a long time with sort of a shutdown type of economy. I, I would tip my hat to some extraordinary donors, some people who have kept giving even when it's harder or um you know i think there's a couple people i know and some even outside the state that have literally contacted me and said you know we 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 have our normal giving and that's a percentage and it's a commitment but we kind of have this other little pocket or this envelope where sometimes we drop extra money and that's our kind of um rainy day or exciting opportunity fund to mm -hmm. give can we help you and I'm telling you, sometimes $100 or $200 applied to the right person at the right time makes a difference on paying off that one bill that's due or that one extra trip to the grocery store at the end of the month when times were tight. So we've yeah. seen some amazing testimonies um, along those lines. Yeah, just to reiterate, I mean, that I, that would be the, the biggest challenge, you know, golf tournaments, uh, banquets that we've just had to cancel or think through like we're we have a golf tournament coming up july 20 we're gonna i think we're gonna keep it but we're not 
you know, it's not like we're going to go to businesses right now and ask them for money. We're just going to, right. We're just going to do it for fun um, to keep it going. Um, and so the, again, hardship or not, it doesn't, it, but it's normally it's something that we could make 15 or 20,000 from, and we're probably not going to make any, um, which is, it is what it is. But I, I think financially, you know, like Berg said, you know, I think our biggest thing is sort of staff upper level staff guys. We want to, at the end of this, like we want everybody to still be on staff um, so that we can still do this. Like our volunteers are, you know, even some of our volunteers have lost jobs and it's like, man, I've lost a volunteer. Um, to, she lost her job and had to move back. It's like, is she going to come back? Like, hopefully. Um, so I think Berg said it right. Like we're kind of cranking with kids and doing what we can, but the, the keeping the army intact really is. And I know Berg, that's his biggest sort of stress, um, right now, just figuring out how to get through all that with, with those folks. So, yeah. I know um, switching gears maybe to, to camping um, and uh, one of the things that I know that Young Life in the Mountain State region is excited about is the idea of having camp property in West Virginia. For those who might be listening that have no idea what Young Life camping is all about, is there, can you guys as an exercise, one word description of Young Life camp? Best week here. Possible. Life. <laughs> one sentence yeah that, that, that's that how works. we sell best it week of your life. <laughs> best week of your life for your money back is what i mean i've always said yeah that. i i've had the, the privilege you guys have been to many more camps than i have i've had the privilege of of going serving and being a part of camp in different places um and the experience that kids have at camp is like nothing i've ever seen in my entire life and to know that we have the opportunity to bring kids not only from west virginia but from all over the country, maybe even all over the world at some point into our state to showcase the beauty, to show what God's created here is just a fantastic uh, prospect to me. So Scott, quick update on Wild Ridge and how it's going. Well, it looks a lot different, Jason. You got, you got to come out here and check it out. And yeah. mainly uh, we're, we're clearing about the 20 acre pad and the 1120 acre roughly um, property where the future resort camp will go. We have the first building like 95% complete. It's a really nice welcome center and, and maintenance building. So it's taking form and shape and it's it's an extraordinary piece of land. We, we have one of the flattest plateaus in that whole Gully River area. It's, it's just, just this kind of lines of wriggling topography, but there's this extraordinary flat spot, 400 feet elevated over the river. We can walk out to the corner of the property and, and, and see for miles down the Gully Canyon, but back up from there in this flat spot is just the perfect place for camping. So with um, the trees coming down, you can really finally visualize what you have to imagine through a topo map previously, and it, it looks really great. And, and as I understand it, not obviously not now during what's happening uh, in the world, but but uh, there are camps that were happening uh, as part of Adventures Wild Ridge. So some, some yurts are there. There's some primitive dining and, and lodging facilities. Groups are coming in and using the camp. And I, I know Drew uh, Bauman has been really excited about just the potential of just some of those types of opportunities. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Adventures Wild Ridge has been a tremendous success. Uh, it, it routinely um, 
on surveys gets credited with exceeding expectation. That, that, that's a common language we hear. And so we've had the, the adventure camp up and running since 2016. So we, we've loved that. We have this amazing piece of property and kind of on one end is an adventure camp. And as Jason kind of briefly described, that's more down to earth. There's yurts and we're cooking food on fires, but it's awesome. Kids still sleep in this like Tempur-Pedic mattress. And this, it, it's just a great experience. And they have adventures like rafting and climbing each day. And it's a smaller group style camping around 40. It's, it's been tremendous. And so um, we're hoping that we can still utilize that this summer. And then meanwhile, we're also developing the big resort style camp that, that I described earlier on the same piece of property in a different location on the property. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing piece of property. I had the chance to drive one of the side-by-sides on a, on a tour last summer, I think that was. And, and I know there was a lot of, a lot of things that were getting, getting ready to happen with some, some roads and the, the facilities building, as you mentioned. So it's going to be great to, to see how that progresses. Um, one of my, one of my goals with this, um, with this podcast is to give people practical ways to plug in, to help, to support, to get involved. So if folks who are listening want to know more about Young Life, want to figure out how they could plug in, are there some things that you guys would recommend um, either from a local level, um, a local area level, or from a, from a regional level? Ben, you want to take a stab at some of the local opportunities that exist? Well, I think we always have local opportunities to, uh, to jump in, uh, to, to lead. And that, that, that seems a little intimidating, but man, there, I think there are lots of people out there that we, we have so many opportunities uh, to jump in and um, even, and that could mean um, running with kids, high school kids, middle school kids. Uh, it could mean loving on our leaders. Um, you know, it could mean, um, helping us with events. I mean, there, there's so many things that we can, that you can do on a local level, um, to jump in with. And it's sort of like, you know, what, what excites you? Um, and, and that, that's exciting to me, you know, we, we doing fundraisers or things like that, but there's a lot of things on the local level and it's not just money. I mean, I want to get people involved in this ministry because it's changed my life. Not, I've seen it change kids' lives. I've seen it change families, um, but I've seen it change my life. And, and that's why I want to get uh, parents involved, adults involved. So it, I've, I've just said, this is a, a ministry for kids, but it's not. The, 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 I've seen this ministry affect, you know, toddlers all the way through very, very older folks. I remember we used to run a Young Life Club. I wasn't a part of it. My wife was as a kid. But my mom was the um, uh, an RN at a nursing home, and they ran club in the cafeteria of this nursing home once a week. Wow. And man, they'd wheel these guys in there, and they would sit in the back, and it's like, man, they were a part of Young Life Club, and they loved it. And uh, and that's that's my biggest thing. Like, I want to get people involved because a lot of times when when I hear that, you know, I think people go, well, finances. Yeah, we we do need uh, folks to jump in, and maybe that's your thing gosh, I am not very relational. I am not, I don't want to do that, but I can write a check. That's great. You know, and there are other people's like, geez, I can't write a check, but I can, I can go love some middle school kids. Oh, great. Um, or geez, I, you know, is your thing like, man, teen moms that really kind of strike something in you. And that, that's what I mean. I, I kind of like to look at that. What's, you know, I, I guess has been called like a holy discontent. Like what, 
what's bugging you that bugs God and, you know, run after that. And so that, that's what I would say on a local level. Um, and certainly on a regional level, and then I'll let Berg take over, but there are people that know people that know people that know people in Clay County. We need that contact. You know what I mean? Maybe that's your deal. Like, geez, I, I grew up, um, you know, in Putnam County and I know some great, you know, so I don't know, Bert, if you want to talk more on that, but there, there's, there's a lot, like you said, we're in 30 counties Well, we want to be in 55. We want to be in 55 plus, you know what I mean? Because we do have some of these surrounding areas in that other state up there. Um, Ohio, I think it's called. So <laughs> I've heard of it, but never really been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know, Bert, if you want to talk on the regional yeah, level. I think, I think you covered the gambit very well. The only thing I would add as an encouragement is that um, there's, a, there's a really great statement that, that came from Dr. Kara Powell, the head of youth ministry at Fuller Seminary, and they did a lot of research, and here's their great statement in conclusion. Warm is the new cool. Mm. And so, you know, we, we Ben basically described a, a front line and a supply line. That's an easy way to kind of group people into two categories. And some people say, I, I love what you're doing on the front line. I'm a supply line guy. How can I pray, support, encourage, write a check, et cetera, make connections to Paw Paw. Okay. That's a supply line thing. But, um, which by the way, a guy in the army one time told me that for every person on the front line, you need seven back chained in, in some form in the supply line. That was interesting. But um, in terms of the frontline, people actually spending time with kids, sometimes people become intimidated. They have false assumptions. I can't do that. But now more than ever, it meshes with what I said earlier about the Mago Day. Um, people just, they just want to be loved. And, and they're addicted to screens and it's weird and they don't understand that, but they have this deep desire. And, and research bears out more than ever that um, kids just want to be loved. And, Therefore, Fuller concluded, warm is the new cool. You don't have to be cool to reach someone in a different category than you fall, whether that's age or interest or anything. You don't have to be cool. You just have to be warm. And the love of Christ is what warms us from the inside out. And we can share that light with other people. So if, if you know Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in you, I guarantee there's something that you can do to be a part of, um, a part of Young Life or or. or otherwise in the kingdom of God. Um, so that's just a, a big encouragement for, for people to consider. And, and I'll even, I'll even leave, leave one, here's a mission in a nutshell. It's kind of an underwhelming verse to sort of um, back that up. You know, there's a, there's a lot more to say on the gospel of John, but if you shrink down to John nine thirty five, we get to watch Jesus do something interesting. It, uh, it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. So he found him and he said to him, you believe in the son of man. And so here we have heard, found, said. Those are, that's the three-point mini-sermon in one verse. So Jesus kind of ear was to the ground. Where's the outcast? And in this narrative, literally someone was casted out. That outcast didn't come to Jesus. Jesus went to him. So he found him. And then he said to him, and he said that last. He asked him a great question question essentially what do you believe and i think i think in a nutshell that's that's a great little mini sermon a little mission sermon um heard found said it kind of matches up i don't know if anyone had a grandma that said <laughs> look kid the good lord gave you um two eyes two ears and one mouth for a reason you know there's a proportion intended in that design do a lot more looking and listening and talking last and 
It's kind of comical. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Jesus sort of bears that out. So <laughs> I, I think we can do that as Christians in the world with people. Young Life's one way to do it, but, but people are much, much less uh, pre- precluded from that than they think because warm is the new cool. Jesus demonstrated it in that nutshell, John 9, 35. And we see the effects of that all over the place. People respond. They can't not respond. They can't undo the Imago Dei that's in their DNA. Yeah, that's great. I will, um, I'll provide some links in the show notes to, to some of the resources that are out there, to Young Life's website, to, to the Mountain State Region website. But um, guys, I just, I want to say thanks to both of you um, for taking the time to, to do this today. Um, and, and for me personally, um, you guys have both been a huge influence on my life. Young Life um, changed, changed my entire path. I, I ended up from business into ministry and, and being involved in, in church and Young Life. And, and I look back and I, and I can thank the both of you for the influence that you've had on me because of your dedication to this mission. So I just want to say thank you to you both. Um, and that's it. I appreciate you, you being on the show. Um, Thank you, before Jason. we wrap hey, up, we've been the talking heads, but you could have, you could have done all of this and, and Jason's done a wonderful job as an area developer with Young Life and directly credited with uh, helping us start uh, many ministries in this state. So um, he's, he's probably the better talking face on here, but uh, we, we got him as the interviewer. But thank you, Jason. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut that. Out. I'll cut that part out of the show. It's okay. <laughs> I, have to, I feel like the uh, the little video text message of you being in some random school doing some wildlife. I'm like this. I wouldn't be showing up. My I'm like, nobody's what, what doing this. Is so great, you know. You know, it's funny. We kind of talked back about uh, being being open to whatever, being willing to be used. Young life being willing to be used for any purpose to help kids meet Jesus. And I think of our friends in Fayette County and just being a part of, of a relationship with the Coda Mountain Academy and, and being willing to kind of go in and say, we want to come in and support an organization and be a part of a part of what they do. And just driving up there for three kids at a wildlife club and having an absolute blast with three kids. Uh, and now that's, that's turned into some, some pretty fun stuff. So it's been a, it's been a real, it's been a journey for me, but also kind of feel the same frustration of, of sitting on my hands for the last seven weeks and, you know, it's, uh, what can you do? People aren't really, they're not doing anything. They're not responding very well. So just trying to, trying to be an encouragement where I can. Um, popcorn question. You ready? This might make the cut. It might make, it might not. <laughs> best programs, best program skit you've ever seen, Scott. When, when Ben Tool came out on stage dressed <laughs> as an Amish person, mimicking the, um, you know, cowbell. legendary the legendary cowbell skit from Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live, but he forgot his beard and he forgot his hat and he didn't know it, so he was beating the heck out of his <laughs> cowbell and just going crazy uh, in half a costume. Ben, uh, I remember back in the day doing light and fluffy with Tim O'Brien. I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> The old classic, um, but you know, I, over the years I've seen, I don't know, I've seen lots of stuff, but uh, I remember the, the funniest thing I've ever seen is, is actually my first program I ever saw in Young Life was the spring of 95. 
at Rockbridge, Brad Johnson doing the old Rendercella. And I thought, man, he did Cinderella. The you know, he messed up all the words all all the way through it, cross-eyed, and I mean, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So that's great. Guys, thanks again. Yeah, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Thanks, Jason.